0: Praise the Lord In session 1 We um, Started our discussion with Noah's Ark The title of this uh, seminar Is um, Ark of the Covenant And that was what we Started with Noah's Ark Let me just go back to the first slide So, we're traveling all the way from Noah's ark. So, we've actually looked at um, Noah's ark. And um, we saw from the scriptures that there was danger coming on the earth. There was judgment uh, coming. There was destruction coming. So, we started our journey um, today all the way from Noah's ark. And we're able to see from scriptures that destruction was coming upon the earth judgment was coming and God singled out Noah and spoke to him. First thing he did he gave gave him a commandment to build an ark. He gave him the dimensions of the ark and then told him that look, I am going to do something. I am going to send flood over the earth and it's going to destroy all flesh. But you and your family And the um, animal and bird uh, species that are gathered together in the ark Will be spared Hallelujah So we see that the way of escape that God created for Noah and his family And a select few animals Was for him to build the ark And to inhabit the ark For the duration of that rainfall Hallelujah Hallelujah So we see this as a type Of something that God is saying to you to do Something that God is asking you to do Ahead of time Before certain things begin to happen on the earth Hallelujah God warned him Beforehand That this is what was going to happen And the nature of the flood Was such that If you were not in that ark, there is no way you could have survived it. If you were not in that ark, there is no way you could have survived it. Hallelujah! Not even the prayers of the people inside the ark could have saved the people that got flooded. So, just to show you that it matters where you are are you in the ark of God or you are somewhere else hallelujah so it meant that even when the rain began and the people that God spoke to and obeyed the voice of God had gone into the ark when the rain started if the people who did not obey the voice of God now began to look for prayers it was probably too late hallelujah there are some things happening around the world today and they are hitting at such a speed that even your mind even your mind is not able to take it as to how god can deliver you from such a thing because of its sheer magnitude what people thought could never happen 10 years ago is now beginning to happen. Areas people thought that devastation could never reach 5 years ago, devastation is beginning to reach those areas. There are certain safe places that people had categorized and said, ah, you know, if you do this career, if you do that one, nothing can touch you there. Everybody is now getting touched. Everybody. Everybody. They say oh no uh, uh, You are solid I mean you are safe Once you go into that Particular area There is no such area again Everywhere has been invaded By the flood Just like when the rain fell the The water invaded everywhere And at the end of the day There was no single person Left alive So that's the whole essence of us coming together here to find out what is this ark all about? How can we relate with it under the new covenant? Are we going to build a physical ark? And we also saw from the scriptures that all that Noah did about the ark was to follow God's design. And we saw that Noah had no education when it comes to marine or marine engineering. Right? So he just built an ark and he sealed it the way god asked him to seal it and that saved his entire family from the floods when the titanic was built (laughs) what did the engineers say they said even god cannot sink it even god and it was just one little piece of ice that broke the thing at the bottom and down it went so even your expertise if you believe so much in your expertise, it is getting to that point where it can fail. It is only the word of God that is able to rescue you from danger. It is only the word of God that is able to insulate you from the negative winds that are beginning to blow across the earth today. There is nothing to be afraid of. There is nothing to be scared of. Once you have found the ark that God has provided for you Once you have positioned yourself in it Then you are insulated There is a place in God where things can be happening around you And you will be insulated from the effects of what is happening around you It is not only in the social and financial world that things are going to happen I mean, look at what happened over the last three weeks. Someone in his bedroom just woke up and said he was going to do a movie about something. But before he knew what was happening, the effect was all over the world like a tsunami. That you could never have imagined that such a thing was going to happen. Those are the kind of things I'm talking about where when these things break out to even stop them you will be too overwhelming after a few days you then begin to ask that is this thing going to stop oh when the whole thing started in 2008 when you know the financial wahala started in 2008 said oh okay it comes in cycles you know it goes up and then it goes down Boy, most of the people they chased away in 2008, they are not back yet. And they are still looking for more to chase. Do you understand? So you begin to ask yourself, when is this going to stop? But God has provided a way of insulation. Noah Noah saw the water, he saw the floods, he saw everything but he was not affected by it. And I tell you, it wasn't a small matter. I'll tell you why it wasn't a small matter. They dared not step out of the ark until they sent birds to go and find out whether there was dry land. Just to show you how scary it looked. Hallelujah. I remember some years ago when you know in Lagos um, one night you know, I was with my wife and we were not married then. I went to visit her where she was staying and she was seeing me off and we got to the car. And this guy just turned up. He was drunk. And he just came and said I should give him money. He said, I don't have any money to give you. He said, no, you know that I'm not joking. I could smell the alcohol. I know the smell of alcohol. The guy just brought out a, a pistol. Very... I recognized it. I knew what it was. (laughs) Hallelujah. And it was point blank. At this level like this. And just pointed it at me. Hallelujah. Now. It was unexpected. So any human being will be shocked. (laughs) I was shocked. Any human being will be shocked. But when I saw it. You know, it was just like the reaction that just came was just like pressing a computer because if you wake me now and, and ask me to repeat the story I probably and say now how would you have acted maybe I would have begged the guy or something but <laughs> but I just looked at the guy and I just said in the name of Jesus put that God now! And the guy looked at him. I said, now! 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 In the name of Jesus. And the guy said, Ah he said it in my language, Chef Ogunsen, that did you put something <laughs> on your mouth? And then he put it back. It was when I got home that the reality of what happened dawned on me. Till today, I'm still battling in my head. Was that really a gun? <laughs> but I knew I saw that gun. Do you understand? Yes, I overcame. But boy, it looked scary. Do you understand what I'm trying to say to you? Is that if you ask me what went on in your mind, boy, I was shocked like anyone else would have been shocked. I was scared like anyone else would have been scared but I had a reaction from my spirit and that was what saved the day so you will see things that will almost make you fear when that man who wanted his daughter healed came to Jesus I think Jairus also said alright come so Jesus was following him but guess what they brought the news and said trouble not the master any further she is now dead. So when they brought that news that she is now dead, guess what? You know at that point the man would just think inside his heart that there is no point again. But Jesus turned to him and said fear not only believe. So his salvation was what he believed in. And Jesus made sure that that was protected. Jesus did not say, let's rush down there before it's too late. Jesus said, fear not, only believe. And then they kept moving. So this arc we're talking about has a lot to do with your belief system your belief system is your ark. Once your heart is set and rooted in the word of God, that is your ark. That is your protection. Hallelujah. And then we look at baby Moses' ark. When Moses was born, he was put in an ark and drifted along the water and we saw that he was picked intact by Pharaoh's daughter. Now, that tells us something. This was a baby who could never have been able to react to an alligator attack. This was a baby who could never have been able to react to a snake attack inside that water. But yet it was safe. So it means that your strength and who you are in the world or in the flesh does not matter. What matters is the insulation that God has provided for you. That is what matters the most hallelujah people people with strength will fail people with strength will see what is coming and they will run but your installation in god where you have been placed in god is what will preserve you and protect you and provide escape from the floods that is coming and then we looked at joseph's coffin which also comes from another Hebrew word that is closely related with the ark. And in Joseph's coffin, we saw that he was put away. He was kept away after he died because he said, look, don't bury me in this country. That just whenever you are leaving this country, make sure you take my bones along. So they kept him inside that coffin. So which uh, gives us an impression of preservation. So he was being preserved inside that coffin Until a time when the Israelites will leave the land of Egypt And go away towards the promised land Now we want to look at the Ark of the Covenant And where did it all start? It all started from Exodus chapter 25 And that is where we are going to be dwelling on uh, For session 2 and session 3 Let's go to Exodus chapter 25 verse 10 and now you can see again That something was constructed A commandment was given by God He says and, and they shall make an arm of Ark of shitting wood Two cubits and a half shall be the length thereof And a cubit and a half the breadth thereof And a cubit and a half the height thereof And thou shalt overlay it With pure gold Within and without Shalt thou overlay it and shall make upon it a crown of gold round about. Now, I won't go into the rest of the descriptions, but let's see something here. That ark was to be made out of wood. And if you look at it again, if it was just made out of wood and dropped inside water, water can get into the contents, isn't it? But what did God ask them to do? He said they should overlay that ark with gold. Both inside and outside. So what does that give us? It gives us insulation. It means that whatever you put in the ark was protected from the external environment. So we see here that God has something about preserving things, about keeping things. He preserved Noah. He kept Noah. He preserved Moses. He kept Moses. How? Through the concept of an ark. Now again, we have this ark being built overlaid with gold inside and outside. And what is this designed for? To protect you and to preserve you. Hallelujah. Many times you look around today and you wonder, how are you going to be preserved? How are you going to be protected? how is your family going to be preserved how is your family going to be protected protected but god is in the business of preservation now there is no woman that is going to be happy in a house that doesn't have a fridge you understand Bef- if you are if i drop a woman in an empty house she will buy her fridge before she buys the tv the man will buy the tv because of man you and arsenal before he buys the fridge But the woman will buy the fridge Before she buys the TV Why? Because a woman loves preservation Hallelujah When you get to her and say What's there to eat? You have four options And they are not coming straight from the cooker They are coming straight from the fridge or from the freezer Why? The wonders of preservation It is something just about women To preserve they love preserving things hallelujah and the equipment being used in preservation they also have faith some faith in it and I'll tell you how a woman can cook enough to eat for seven days and keep, it in a way, keep everything away in a freezer and travel away for two weeks and be back without any feeling of doubt that that food has gotten spoiled You understand? That is preservation. Hallelujah. It's just something about life. Even if you look at this society, you see preservation. They try to preserve their relics. They try to preserve their old buildings. They try to preserve things that are old and make it still look attractive and usable. Hallelujah. And that is what we're talking about here. Preservation. I remember many years ago, I wanted to leave... Lagos and I knew that I'd I'd been there spiritually for my parents you know as in supported them spiritually my dad had a stroke in 19 as far back as was it 1994 how many years ago now 18 is that 18 years ago yeah 18 years ago and I was told that it was a bad stroke he's not going to you know not much is going to happen in terms of survival, he could not sign his signature anymore and I stood on God's word with him and told him, I said you are regaining every bodily function back he was able to sign his signature he, in fact he even still drove till last year that he drives his car the last time I went to Lagos I said ah, where is the driver, I said uh, no I am driving to church myself Do you understand? Now when I was about to leave... I was now a bit concerned... That... Oh, if something happens... Who will be there to react... In faith... With them... And God told me... He said, look... You don't have to be there... As long as I am there... I will watch over them... Just go... That in fact... Your being there... Is not as important as me being there. So you can go. Hallelujah. One day my mom came in two thousand and seven and then she took some teachings away and then she came in two thousand and and no, she came in two thousand and nine and said, Oh, shall I have a testimony for you? I said, What's the testimony? He said uh, he said both myself and your dad he said um, we were listening to this your teachings where you know we say what you want He Said, and for one year we have been saying it, we are not going to the hospital. He said, we have not been there for a whole year. Do you understand? So I said, Oh, I wasn't there. It's true. I didn't need to be there for God to do what He will do. Hallelujah. Our God is an expert in preservation. You are looking at your children today. You are wondering, how will they be preserved? God is going to keep them. Hallelujah. The same way you trust your fridge to keep, God will keep. Hallelujah. He will keep. You are wondering today, with all the winds blowing, how are you going to survive in your business, in your career? How are your children going to grow up with their heads straight in this world of crookedness? God will keep. Hallelujah. You opened the news today, things that didn't used to happen on our streets are now beginning to happen on our streets. God will keep. Hallelujah. Is, uh, they said that a 150 year old vanished with a teacher and. You know it's it's a parent's nightmare That you just see it and you just uh, God Will keep And that is what we are talking about here What the ark will do Is that it will preserve It will keep Hallelujah The ark will preserve The ark will keep It will preserve you What we see, what we have been seeing that has been good in your life for the last five years will continue to be good when we see you again because God has kept you. Hallelujah. Many times today, things are happening so quickly that you wonder that this thing I have in my possession can it keep for the next five years? Can it keep for the next 10 years? But with what we are sharing today, as you place yourself and put yourself in the place where God has bought for you, you will see your life preserved. Not only will it be preserved, you will see things even get better than what they are today. Hallelujah. So that's the Ark of the Covenant for you. And... Within this ark, there were three things that were placed inside. And we're going to look at these three things in detail. But before we do that, we also want to go very quickly and ask questions about this ark. What exactly was this ark all about? And where was it kept? When God now said, alright, build the ark and do it this way and that way. So where exactly is this ark And where was it being kept? And of what use is this Ark to us? So we can learn about it. Its usefulness and its relevance to us. First of all, the Ark of the Covenant after it was built by God was positioned inside the tabernacle. Now what is the tabernacle? The tabernacle is the place where they gathered to worship God in the Old Testament. They gathered there to worship God in the Old Testament. Now, the tabernacle had three sections. It had three sections. The first section was the outer court. Now, in the outer court, the outer court was a a very big and expansive place, and it had access to direct sunlight. So, if you walk into the outer court, you can still see the skies. You can still see the open skies. Right? And in the outer court, what happened there, was that for you to proceed any further than that, animals had to be burnt. In the old covenant. Animals had to be burnt. So they were burning animals in the outer court. What was the essence of burning these animals? It's because, when Adam sinned in the garden of Eden, The entire human race fell and we were no longer qualified in any way, shape or form to come into the presence of God. So it meant that for us to worship God, that sin that Adam committed had to be dealt with some way. And that was how it was being dealt with, by animals being burnt. So that when that animal was taken, an innocent animal was burned, It was taking our own place as we walk through the tabernacle. I mean, through the outer court. So the first thing that hits you when you come in into the outer court is the smell and the smoke of burning flesh. So as the animals are being burnt, the smell and the smoke will hit you first. And that will instantly remind you That your access into this place Is not based on how good you are Is not based on how nice you are But is based on a sacrifice Being placed on the life of an animal that is innocent So that animal has taken your place In the punishment of sins For you to have access into the things of God So you had burning flesh in the outer court Now after the outer court You then had the inner court Within the inner court There was something else that was burning there Which is incense So on the outer court We had animals being burnt We even had some basins You know where people had to wash their legs You know and wash all sorts And be clean on the outside And then when you go into the inner court, you had the table of shewbread, and then you also had the censer, where incense was being burnt. Now, incense there is a type of our praise and worship. So the first thing is that you recognize the sacrifice that was made, which is the sacrifice of the animals that took your place. And then the next thing, you are going into a place where you are burning incense. Now, that incense is a type of our prayers and praise and worship. So, even at this point, you still have not yet made the journey into the holy, holy of holies. So, the most holy place is the place where incense is being burnt. That's where all the priests, all the junior priests, were performing all their rituals and sacrifices. Beyond that place is the holy of holies. In the Holy of Holies, no one was permitted to come in there except once in a year. And it could only be done by the high priest of that time. And what the high priest will do was that he will go in there and offer up a sacrifice all over again around the altar, around the Ark of the Covenant and guarantee the survival of the nation for another one year it was done every year and you see it is in that place that God's presence was invested the Shekinah glory of God the glory of God was in that place and only the high priest had access to it under the old covenant and that is where the ark of the covenant was placed and only the high priest could see that ark once in a year but under the new covenant when jesus died the veil that sep- because, and a veil was there to separate us between the the holiest the holy of holies and the rest of the tabernacle so you couldn't go in through that veil if you went in through that veil you're dead that was the i mean that was the rule So it wasn't until Jesus died and he took upon himself our sins on the cross of Calvary that the way into the holiest of all was opened. But let me show you something about the mystery of God here. In the Old Testament you will begin to think that oh if I had access into that place I could get things done. I could meet with God I could discuss my situation with God God could also commune with me because what God said is that once a year you will come in there and on top of that place is where we will commune together so that place was a place of communion that place was a place where God met with somebody and that was the high priest where God could speak to the high priest and the high priest could speak to God So you will begin to think that If something happened That gave all of us access into that place Then we have our problem solved But God went a lot further than that To the point that when Jesus died The Bible says the veil was rent in twain From top to bottom But there The holiest of all was no longer Locked up inside a room But it was now released into our hearts. Hallelujah. So it meant that the quality of transaction. That the high priest of that time had with God. You now have a better quality. Of that transaction. Not just at a particular location. But right inside your heart. Did you see that? So at the time when I was saying to that man. In the name of Jesus Put that God back it was an experience from that place that is the place where you can see danger and be more aware of the reality of God that is on the inside of you hallelujah that is the place when you are in the holiest of all Things are happening outside. Haman hey is moving things outside but you are settled on the inside. What did God say? He said, let us therefore come with boldness unto the throne of grace. To obtain mercy and to find grace to help in the time of need. So, anytime time there is a time of need you have a provision. What is that provision? He says, let us come boldly unto The throne of grace The throne of grace is not here The throne of grace is not there The throne of grace is not in Jerusalem The throne of grace is right inside your heart Right inside you The God that you are praying for Is not erected external to you The God that you are praying to Is on the inside of you you carry him about. The Bible says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So as you are going about, you are carrying Jesus about. As you are going about, you are carrying the holiest of all about. As you are going around, if you need to hold a powerful conversation with God, you can start holding it any location. Hallelujah Your prayer life is not like a GPS Where we have to be sure that the trees are not obstructing the reception Or the iron beams are not obstructing the uh, the, the reception Anywhere you are You can link up with God And do great things in prayer That will turn things happening on the outside around radically And that is what we are talking about here Where you are fearless In the face of any conflict That is coming Because you know What God has provided What God has already done And that is what the Ark of the Covenant Is all about The Ark of the Covenant was stored away And we are going to look at the contents And from these contents We begin to see That these things are powerful they are powerful. Remember, when Esther had a problem with Haman, M- uh, Mordecai, rather, had, a, had this problem with Haman, Mordecai went to Esther and told Esther, he said, look, go and tell the king that so and so is happening and get, put a word across to the king on our behalf. To rescue the entire Jewish nation. But guess what? Esther told Mordecai. I said look. I can't go in there. Because if you are not invited there. And you go. You die. So that was a type. Of the, of the holiest of all. That you don't go in there. Except they invite you. Under the old covenant. And because of that. Esther said. I can't go because I don't want to die but Mordecai said you have to go you are going to go I'm going to put a word across to the king and when she got there so she went there against protocol when she got there the king said come in and then the king now said what exactly do you want up to the half of my kingdom and she made a simple request. A man has determined to destroy my people. Simple request, and it was answered. A man got a decree that could not be revoked, but he got it on the outer court. What is going on in the holiest of all supersedes what is on the outer court. The challenges that are swarming you today Constitute the outer court Because they are outside you What is on the inside of you Is the holiest of all If you connect with the holiest of all On the inside of you You will conquer Whatever a man is doing on the outside No matter how scary it looks Now it was scary to have obtained an irrevocable decree that they are going to wipe out your entire nation that is scary they've sent you a letter that boy we are kicking you out of this house in four days now that is scary especially if you don't have the cash they are asking for to remain there So that was irrevocable. They've said, and you know, you know about this country. They just send you some letters through the post. You see the thing and it can change your whole mood for the rest of the day. Because there is power in that letter. Hallelujah. So what did Esther go to do? Esther went in there to reverse. The letters of Haman. He said that you might reverse the decree that Haman did. There are things in your life today that you think are already cast in stone. They can be reversed. You know what reverse means? You've gone forward. Now you put the car in reverse and you recover that distance back. You understand? To reverse it now what was the secret the secret was that she went into the holiest of all to demand for a reversal of what they were doing on the outside many times we are fighting on the outside against what is happening on the outside instead of us retreating into the holiest of all to go and demand a reversal Of what is happening on the outside Now it is on getting into the holiest of all You need to know how to behave there You need to know what those things mean there You need to know how to relate with those things To get the result that you want And that is the reason why we are studying the contents Of the Ark of the Covenant The Ark of the Covenant was placed inside that restricted area But under the new covenant, the veil was rent from top to bottom in twain and we now have access. Unrestricted access to everything about God. Anything in your life can change. You can change it. Let me tell you something. Everything that you are unhappy about today is on the outer court. The inner court can change it. If if um, Esther could get a reversal of Haman's letter, you can get a reversal of every situation that is negative. Hallelujah! And that was where they kept the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was so powerful that any time the Israelites wanted to fight a battle, they would bring it out. And then they will match with it. There was a particular occasion when they brought it out. The Philistines were hearing some noise. And just by the fact that they knew that the Israelites had brought out the ark, they had already given up. Do you understand? Because anytime they carried the ark outside, the ark was the presence of God. And they always got a victory. The only time they didn't get a victory was when they were not living right. In the days of um, Eli. Other times they brought out the ark, there was complete victory. Even when the Philistines stole the ark away, the ark caused problems. And they quickly relinquished it and gave it back to the Israelites. The Israelites got the ark back again. They kept it in the house of Obedidom. Obedidom just grew blessed. Because the ark is powerful. The ark was where God's presence was stored. Hallelujah. But we don't need to look for that physical ark anymore. The ark is now on the inside of us. Hallelujah. So when you are going out to that battle, you are actually carrying God along with you. You didn't leave God at home when you left home. You took him along because he lives on the inside of you. Hallelujah. That is how powerful the ark is. Whenever the enemy heard that the ark was accompanying those people, they just froze. Forget it. That their God is too powerful for us. But now in our generation, we are not even conscious of this presence and what it brings. It is the very presence of God. Hallelujah. We are going to look at the first content of the ark. And um, before we... uh, Actually, because of our time, we will just look at at the three contents of the ark, what they are, and then we will come back. To analyze those three contents. Hallelujah. Let's turn our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. And this is not a collective belief. It is an individual belief. Somebody sitting beside you may have it and you may not have it. It is individual. It is not a church belief system. It is a personal belief system. The ark of God is not sitting inside a building. The ark of God is sitting inside people. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 9, I'll read from verse 1. He says, Then verily the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. That's the old covenant. For there was a tabernacle made... The first wearing was a candlestick and a table and the shoe bread, which is called the sanctuary. And after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden censer. That holiest of all is the restricted place. It had a golden censer and the ark of the covenant overlaid round about with gold. Wherein, so inside that ark, the Bible says, was the golden pot that had manna. So you see that was the first content. The golden pot that had manna. The second content, the tables the Aaron's rod that bought it, and the tables of the covenant. So you see that the Ark of the Covenant had three contents. The tables of the covenant the golden pot that had manna and Aaron's rod that bought it. Now all those three items have very powerful implications and significance for us as believers today and we'll be looking into each of those three how they affect us and how we can tap into the power of those things like for instance the manna had to do with nourishment the manna was something that God sent down to the children of Israel in the Old Testament to nourish them when they were hungry but it was food that came directly from heaven and at some point god now said to them that the reason i gave you manna was to prove you in the wilderness and to show that man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of god so the manna really was a type Of God's nourishment Was a type of the word of God That God was establishing A diet pattern For his people Your diet pattern is the word of God So it means that If you are not walking by the word of God On a daily basis Then you cannot Fulfill the purpose of God Then you don't have enough strength To walk On the earth In the dimension that God wants you to walk And then another item We can find in the Ark of the Covenant Are the tables The tables of the Covenant What do we have on the tables of the Covenant The laws of God God used his fingers to write On the tables of the Covenant And what did he write on those tables He wrote his laws He wrote his commandments And you see under the New Covenant today Those tables Are not the real deal The real deal is your heart. The Bible says that he now writes on the fleshly tables of your heart. So it means that the laws of God are not to be stored externally, but they are inscribed on your heart by God. You see, the Bible says that my tongue is the pen of the ready writer. So when you are speaking the word of God, the Holy Spirit is inscribing those laws, those words upon your heart. Hallelujah. And then we had Aaron's rod that bordered. Aaron's rod stood for authority and it stood for conquest. So it means that as you are walking upon the earth as a believer today, anywhere you go, you stand out as number one. The Israelites knew that. Everywhere they went. Let me give you one example. In the 20th century, when the Israelites were, okay, I call them, okay, they were now called Israelis. When the Israelis were in America A lot of them went to America Because right from the time That Jesus died They always got kicked about From country to country So a whole big bunch of them Arrived in America At the turn of the 20th century And because There was a reputation that went with them That anywhere they went they invaded the top of the society so what Americans did was that they passed a law and restricted the number of Jews that could be admitted into medical school and into law school it was coded in the laws of New York guess what less than 40 years later The majority of lawyers and doctors were the Jews. Do you understand? That is Aaron's rod that boarded. It means that it doesn't matter what you look like. Wherever we drop you, you are number one. Because of your identity in God. Wherever we drop you, you are number one. One, I mean, I was just talking to myself, you know. You know when, you know all these um, uh, racial discrimination thing that flies around. You know, at times when you see some of these things that are happening, they begin to, you know, they, they almost begin to get to you that what's going on here. And I was just saying to myself, I was, say, I was saying it to myself. I said, do you know one thing? That black people. we have different classes or categories let me say or sections of black people and they have different problems that they are facing there is a set of black people that were taken away from africa and taken, you know to the u.s or all those kind of places and they got involved in slavery now of course they say slavery is over but you see from generation to generation the effect of what happened then is still showing itself up in the lives of the people. Then there was another set of black people that then came over to UK to come and work certain jobs. They didn't come as slaves, but they came in those days to come and drive the trains and to come and look after the hospitals. They came from the Caribbeans. Right? Now, what they did here was that before they came they quickly installed a bar that no matter how you do, no matter how you kick and jump you can't go beyond a certain level you No, know, just like a frog, just keep you inside a pot so you jump and kick you can't fly be, 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 you know, above the handle of that pot and I now said there is a third category of black people who grew up in their own continent and never had a concept that there was anybody else you get that should be better than them you know in that sense that okay you didn't grow up being told that that person is your master or you didn't grow up being told that look that person you can't get to where he is so I said there are three classes of those people and whatever we are saying has to... you know, like... you you have to know who you are talking to, what they have been through, and exactly what they need to hear. It was then I then said to myself that, no wonder that any time I see some things, and I see other black people walk past it, I react, because when I was growing up, I wasn't told... That there was anybody better than me. My parents didn't tell me. Do you understand? And my society also did not tell me. That there was anybody better than me. So when I see something that is the best. I want to be there. And I want it. But beyond that. As a child of God. Because of that anointing. Of Aaron's rod that bodied, Wherever you are you have a right to aim for the top and nobody can stop you now you know what they wanted to do a few years ago in America, the black people now said we want a law in America that will establish a quota for us in medical school and in law school that no matter what you do if they say it's 20% even if the black people don't know anything you just have to shove them there to make up the 20% the Jews said, Mba, No. That the other time, They made the law against us, That we shouldn't be plenty enough to be there. So now, What you guys need, And you know everything that blacks have done, Just Sorry for the digression, Everything that blacks have done in America, Was backed by the Jews. You know this man, uh, Martin Luther King, He was funded by the Jews. How many black people had money, To, to fund him? At that time. It was funded by the Jews. The Jews were behind him. So every time the blacks wanted to do something radical. The Jews were involved. When Obama was going to come in. The Jews were also involved. Right? So when they now said. We are come and support us. And let us go and instigate that law. The Jews said. No we won't support you in that one. Just that one we won't support you. Because during our own time. It was in the reverse that they made the law and we overcame. Now we have a free America. Go and work hard and get the job done. So we'll take our break now.